it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Let's talk about underdog fantasy. Underdog fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy football for big cash prizes. An underdog fantasy you just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. They're going to give you $25 when you sign up so you can take a free shot at a $1 million grand prize in their fantasy football tournament. That's right. You can get a free $25 in bonus cash on Underdog Fantasy if you use the code KIME, K-E-I-M, when you make your first deposit. I love Underdog because it's just so easy to use. The mobile app is slick. The website is user-friendly. So do what I've been doing. Go to underdogfantasy.com, join a league, draft a team, and that's it. You're good for the season. Remember, go to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or the Google Play Store. Sign up with the code KIME, K-E-I-M, and get a free $25 in bonus cash. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast, another daily practice report update, this time for Thursday, August 5th. Washington was happy because guard Brandon Sheriff was back on the field after he was on the reserve COVID-19 list for five days. It also reached over 85% vaccination rate and expect that to keep going higher. Don't forget, I'll be doing more fantasy football league drafts with underdog fantasy this month. Look for more opportunities on my Twitter feed to sign up at John underscore Kime. Drafts are quick and painless, and they don't cost much. And keep heading to ESPN.com for training cap nuggets, news, stories from every NFL Nation reporter. We have one big file that has a nugget from every camp. Get a feel for what's going on with the Chargers, for example, or whomever Washington is playing this year. Now, let's get to the update. All right, I'm going to start with a Troy Appy update. He's still about the same at corner. I know he's not everybody's favorite player, but I'm going to tell you why you may not be. You shouldn't be surprised if he makes the roster. Now at corner, he's made a couple plays. Guys, have, he's been praised for some things. It's not as if every play with him is a bad one. Bad players in the NFL still can make good plays. They just don't make enough of them, even if they're switching positions. I still would have great fear about putting him in the game as a corner. However, if he makes the roster, I doubt he plays much at corner and would be mostly a special teams guy. Consider him the defensive back version of a Jared Norris or someone like that, a linebacker whose job is to play play special teams only. That's how he's going to continue to make a living in the NFL. I still give Apke a shot to make this team for a simple reason. He's on the first unit of almost every special team, and he may be on every special team first unit. Every time I look up there and it's the first group out there, he's in there, and it's always telling. It's a big giveaway and indicative of how much they like him in this role. If he wasn't good, he would have been cut early last season after he was benched as a starter because he clearly wasn't going to offer him much there. He's a good gunner and cover man, 
So you can't ignore that when compiling the 53-man roster. And my initial camp 53-man projection, I did not include him, but was this close to keeping him on for the reasons I just stated. I know how important that is for these guys. If he makes it, as long as he just plays special teams, Washington is better. If he has to play from scrimmage, it's an issue. Having patience is an excellent trait as a route runner. So here's my almost daily insight into Terry McLaurin's ability as a receiver and why he's so good. Listen, I like to watch him because he's such a pro with what he does. And I think he provides a blueprint for how the position should be handled. During position drills, I watched how McLaurin came out of his break on an outcut from when he was lined on the right side. It takes him only three steps to basically plant and cut and come out of that break, which is, gives him a big edge. But it's the patience to give to, for him where he can give a hard stem to the inside because he's not, so, he's not so, he's so much in a hurry to get outside. He wants to give that hard stem. And you can see now, again, when I'm watching today, it's just against air. There's no defender on him. But it's why you always see him create more when he comes out of those breaks. And, and that's, that's what it is. It helps create that last bit of separation, but it stems from patience. He's not so much in a hurry to get to there. He's in, he's, he knows, go through the process, get off the line, create that separation, catch the ball. Nobody else, when I saw them run that route from the same area, used quite the same stem. But McLaurin has worked quite a bit on his patience, both at the line and in his route running overall. And it shows out here. He's been their best offensive player. And while those matchups with corner William Jackson have been good or, or noteworthy, it's McLaurin who wins more often than not. And that's a credit more to McLaurin than it is a knock on Jackson. There was one time where Jackson was all of McLaurin, but he still made the catch. Good coverage, good play. That's happened a few times. But in general, McLaurin does a good job of creating uncertainty on his routes, whether it's against Jackson or Bells, and he uses that to his advantage. He did that later against Jackson, selling a quick, outside route, excuse me, selling it basically a, a, a whip route, selling it inside on the drag and cutting back outside. He got Jackson to bite big time and was wide open for what should have been an easy completion, except that Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't see him, look like he was looking to that side, got off a little bit too early, went to the other side. But it was a hell of a route by McLaurin. Hey, folks, would you like free tickets for the preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens? Well, you're in luck because our sponsor, Prosper Insurance, is giving a ticket to anyone who gets a home and auto quote with them. You don't even have to buy a policy to get the free ticket, although the savings will absolutely make you want to switch today. Finding the right insurance can be a pain, but Prosper makes the process easy, all while providing great service and advice. Their licensed advisors shop the market with top companies like Allstate, Nationwide, Progressive, Travelers, and more to find you the perfect coverage at a great rate, which is just a few of the many reasons why Prosper has over 1,000 five-star reviews on Google. You have nothing to lose. Simply visit prosper.insurance.com to get your quote and a free ticket to the Baltimore preseason game on August 28th. That's prosper.insurance.com slash kime k-e-i-m no.com get ready to feel good about your insurance i like the way taylor heineke threw the ball today still don't have him in the running for the starting job just based on how players get rotated and how you know how little he's worked with the starters and i've heard they're and i've heard they're actually very pleased with how fitzpatrick 
has progressed. But Heineke had a good day. Dropped a couple dimes, especially to Steven Sims on a slot fade down the right side against Jimmy Moreland. Also a good catch by Sims, a little bit over the shoulder as someone shouted, good shit, 1-5, and I apologize for swearing. It is my podcast, so I guess I can do it. Later, Heineke completed a back shoulder pass to DeAndre Carter in the end zone. Moreland again on the coverage. Coverage wasn't bad. Throw was on the money. Speaking of patience, I also think running back J.D. McKissick runs his routes that way as well. And again, I spent a lot of time. I told you I watch, I watch it in practice, but then I also videotape that when we can. And I'll go back and watch how they run their routes, whether it's in a one-on-one situation against linebackers, against corners, or even if it's just on air, because you can still learn things that way. Anyway, I noticed that with McKissick. He does a, He is much more patient at the line and can set guys up and, again, create that uncertainty. And, I, and, I, there, and there was one route today that reminded me of Chris Thompson. And I say that because I remember Thompson running his route years ago when Pierre Thomas was with Washington, if you remember that, a few years ago. Thomas taught Thompson how to run routes with more patience. In a game that season, I recall Thompson scoring on a touchdown off, this, off a particular play where he's paired with a receiver on one side, allows the receiver to get into his route and then and then use that patience to set a guy up behind that, and he ended up scoring a touchdown. It wasn't the same route that um, that McKissick ran, with, um, but the patience jumped out to me. McK- McKissick and McLaurin were on the same side with the running back aligned inside. McLaurin took off, went down the side, basically took him out you know, down the field, and that just meant McKissick that left McKissick where he just has to pause at the line set up the guys. Not always easy, but he paused long enough for the defensive backs to get run off by McLaurin, fearing what might happen because he's a dangerous player. And McKissick ran a curl route underneath for an easy completion because the two guys in that area both dropped deeper because he was patient and because of McLaurin behind them. It's a completion that moves the chains. Not a superstar play, but one set up by the threat of McLaurin and the patience of the back. Watch for that during games. Since I mentioned Afghan, the first special teams unit, here are some others being looked at hard in those roles with the first team. Rookie Derek Forrest, Jared Norris, uh, Deshaies Reverick, Kaliki Hudson, James Smith-Williams, Cam Sims, Benjamin St. Juice, of course, Afghan, and then Danny Johnson. David Mayo is with some of those groups as well, and so is Jimmy Moreland. So those guys are all in a good spot. Now, it doesn't mean they're all going to make it because I've seen guys in those first units get cut because, again, you have to show you can at least help somewhat from, from scrimmage. But it is noteworthy. It is something I take note of now because I know how this league works. You're working those guys, and Nate Catcher's been here for a couple of years now. He knows Apke, and I think he knows his importance, so he's going to put him out there. Now, and again, it's not up to him. It may just be a numbers game with Apke, so I'm not even saying he's going to make it. But if he does, this is where you should start paying attention. The first kick return um, blocking unit, um, Bunmi Rotimi, um, defensive end. He's a long shot, but others were, you know, he was out there with that group. But there are others out there, the names mentioned plus Tamer, they already mentioned plus Tameric Hemingway. So now you know. It will be interesting to see how defenses react to various looks Washington can use because of the added speed. I've seen a few times where they'll go on a three by one set, clear out of side, and run the solo side in a crosser. Um, and you get matched up with a linebacker or whomever and just use that speed across the field. Again, the big key this year is that they can consistently have a fast player run that route, and you can pair them with and say, like, they could put out a three tight end set to one side and then have the running back out there. So it's a run-based formation. It's a heavy run package. Now you got an advantage. So you have a run look and can throw a fast back, whether it's Gibson 
or a JD or somebody, but even if JD's in there, it's going to be more, they might throw a nickel coverage in there, but this is where Gibson can help them in, in as a pass receiver. So you had that three by one, you can run him on a crosser. Again, that's, it's just, it's something that would be really good for them. Or they can use an all speed lineup with three small receiver or three receivers and a back on the other side with speed makes it difficult as well. Just something to watch for. Benjamin St. Juice had a terrific day. He'll have more hiccups, but I can see him getting better in areas they need him to be, covering some faster receivers down the field. Still have questions about it, but also know this is an adjustment for any taller corner with good length. Every one of them goes through this. You have to learn how to play at that size in the NFL against some faster receivers. If he didn't have this question, he'd have been a top 10 pick, but he did make a terrific play against McLaurin on a ball down the left side. I didn't see the start of the play because I was focused on another side of the ball or the other side of the field. But he, when I looked up, he was halfway down. He was step for step with McLaurin. When the ball arrived, it became a 50-50 ball. He was facing McLaurin, read his eyes, stuck his hand between McLaurin's and popped the ball out. Just a really good play. Earlier in the day, he had excellent coverage on one deep Cam Sims route, which prompted DB coach Chris Harris to shout out, that shit is locked down. That shit is locked down. Nice job, Juice. Okay, again, more swear words, whatever my podcast. There was another play worth mentioning and a deep end to, to rookie receiver Deami Brown made the grab. Good catch. However, Landon Collins was coming up hot and would have probably taken his head off. One player yelled, that would have been a fine. Harris even asked Brown, you okay? Knowing he would have been hit hard. Good catch, but it would have been a big hit for Collins. Finally, the weather has been great all week. Very cool temperatures, low 80s, upper, you know, in the, you're starting practice in the 70s. Very cool temperatures, enough to where I've worn a light sweatshirt when I arrive to the facility around 8.30 in the morning. The temperatures are supposed to creep back up near 90 or so for the next round of practices in Ashburn. It was nice while it lasted. They'll be at FedEx Field tomorrow night for a practice, and I'll have to say it'll be great to have 20,000 fans in the stands if that's how many show up. It will be the most we've seen since the home finale in 2019. And it's so, it'll be so good to hear actual people in the stands. Back then, it was a bitter fan base. Now, there's actual hope. We'll see where it goes. Hey, this is Joel Corey from Inside the Cap. I know you're enjoying the John Kahn Report, which gives you insider access to the Washington football team. Everything you want, you want to know which is going on with the Washington football team. Once you're done with that, check out my podcast, Inside the Cap, which gives you the ins and outs of the NFL salary cap and player contract negotiations. Check out these two products and other fine podcasts from Empire Media. That's it for me. Thanks for tuning in and to consistently listening to these practice reports. I'll be chatting with former tight end Logan Paulson on the next podcast. He's been out at practice for most of the week. Talk to you next time.